my goodness. You may be seated. What a privilege it is tonight to be back in Bethlehem to feel the presence of the Lord, to magnify the Lord together, that we might lift him and exalt him to the throne that he certainly deserves. Amen. Well, I, uh, I hardly know how to get started this evening. We had the Wilson Brothers Quartet here singing. I was so glad when they all got married. Because then I had a shot at a girlfriend. Because up until that point, it was pretty pathetic. I'd go to Camp Beaton and find some little sweetheart. And as soon as that bus pulled on the campground, man, they trailed around. I was, I was so glad they got married. <laughs> what a great night. Amen. I don't know how much the admission was, but it was worth every dollar of it just to get to come tonight and to worship with you all. I want to say thank you to pastor for opening this pulpit. I don't take that as a light thing. To our friends and family that are here, uh, we love you and appreciate you. It's been about 20 years since I preached here. And I think that's because I did such a good job the last time that it lasted all the way through till tonight. I'm not sure about that. But... Praise God. I, uh, I need to just take a moment here and tell you about, I'm going to preach an old sermon tonight, it's old. I hope you've heard it ten times before, and there's a reason why it's an old sermon. Uh, years ago at Brother Carpenter's 20th anniversary, I preached a sermon, and uh, it was a sermon I'd been working on many years. I was in the eighth grade, and a science teacher, Mr. Renbarger just made a statement. He said, if you started to the moon and you were off one degree, you would miss the moon. I was just a center boy sitting in a science class. And years later, the Lord quickened that to my heart. And I prayed and fasted and came up with a little sermon and put it together for, for the Carpenter's 20th anniversary service. And... Uh, I went to general conference and brother Steve Wilson got up and preached about being off one degree. That's why I'm preaching an old sermon tonight. They're not stealing my sermons, my good sermons, my up-to-date sermons because brother Wilson never even sent me the tithe off of that sermon he stole from me. Everywhere I went for two or three years, I'd preach that sermon and they'd say, oh, Brother Wilson preached that. He was just here. And I'd go to the mailbox every day and open up the mailbox, look in there. I thought there would be a 20 or a 50 or something, you know, there. I just want y'all to watch him. Amen. Aren't they great people? Amen. Uh, Brother Jesse Cotrera mentioned earlier that uh, I preached short this morning. 
And you know, I got a little older. I, I don't have the air I used to have. And the fat guy that wears the coat sitting over there uh, that I had on a while ago, uh, he, he just gets run out pretty fast. But I learned something really interesting. And to all the young preachers that are here, I want to tell you something. You get paid just as much for preaching a short sermon as you do a long one. And people like you a whole lot better if you do the short version. That way you have something left that you can come back and preach later on. So uh, tonight, you're going to get the short version of an old sermon, Reader's Digest condensed version. And uh, that way, the next time I come, Maybe Brother Wilson will have that extra 50 for me that I've been looking for for all of these years. Amen. Uh, if you have to have a thought or if you want to jot a little idea down this evening, I, I would like to tell you that God uses flesh. I want you to know that God's plan is to use you to win this world. That's the plan of God. Now the scripture tells us a story in Daniel chapter 5 that uh, there was a great, big, huge, festive moment going on. There was a party. A thousand of the lords had gathered and the king, in a drunken stupor, called for the vessels that had been taken from Jerusalem. And he said, those really cute, ornate, beautiful, little, gorgeous glasses that have been stashed in the treasure room and vault, I want you to go get those. And me and all my buddies, we're going to drink of that. There's only one thing about those particular goblets, and that was the fact that... They had been dedicated to God. They had been ordained, if you please, for a purpose and a cause that was a much higher calling than just being on the lips of drunkards who uh, spent an evening in fanfare and excitement. It was there that those little goblets that had only the purpose of being lifted to the lips of the Levites at special moments before God. Amen. I don't want to interrupt or mess up my train of thought here, but there are a lot of people who miss the understanding that when they were young, they offered themselves and dedicated themselves unto God. And it doesn't matter how far they go in the world, they will never fit the world's description because they were dedicated to the cause of Jesus Christ even at birth. Those little goblets, those little glasses, it was while they were lifting them to their lips that I don't know who saw it first, but someone, maybe it was uh, the taster of the king who would drink a drink before the king in case it had been poisoned and I don't know who it was, but somewhere 
on the wall, the scripture just said on the pilaster or the plaster of the wall. It was there that a part of a hand appeared. And uh, the moment grew serious. It was not just play the music louder, bring in more dancers. All of a sudden, it was as though the audience was captive to the fact that God was doing something at that moment that was not being done just a while before. I, I don't know how much of that hand appeared. I don't know if it was past the wrist and to the elbow. I can't tell you, but I do know this, that when God wanted to get a message to a carnal, drunken world, God used a hand. It was flesh that God wrote on the wall what needed to be said. I would tell you today that you are an open book read of all men. Tonight, if God so chose, he could come in a flaming light and hover in the middle of this building. And when we all dispersed and went home, we would be wondering what God was trying to say. We would scratch our heads and say, I was there. I, I don't know what all of that meant, but I, I saw it. I saw it, and it was a miracle. But I'm telling you, miracles aren't always the answer. What God would like to do is use the flesh of mankind to be a witness to a lost and dying world that needs a touch from God. Praise God. I want you to help me preach just a little bit. I would like for everyone in this building, I can't see very good with all these bright lights, but I'd like for everyone in this building that's had the Holy Ghost for 40 years, I just want you to stand. If you've had the Holy Ghost 40 years, oh my goodness, 10, 12, 24. Praise God. Give them a hand. You may be seated. I'm telling all of these young people sitting up here on the front row. When you go to school, the devil tells you, you can't live for God at school. The devil would like to tell you when you're 20 years old and you're in that college class and they're bashing all of the foundation of your life, trying to make you see it their way. I want you to recognize this. The devil's telling you, you can't make it. But we just saw the flesh of the testimony from 40 years and 50 years. And when the devil will walk up to you and say, you can't make it. You can look at one of these old gray-headed saints of God that have fought the tough wars of life and have been through the deepest valleys and they have climbed the highest mountains. And if they made it, you can make it because God gave us a testimony today. Praise God. I don't need to, I don't need to get sentimental with you today. But I was on this stage the day we had Patrick's funeral was one of the most difficult days of my life. My physical flesh had never reacted the way it did that day. 
I had just a short portion, eight or ten minutes to say what I thought I could say. It was certainly not a brilliant moment, but I remember when I got home from that funeral and I took my clothes and uh, I took them off and under my arms where was usually those common yellow stains. It was as though it was the color of blood. My, my body reacted different. It was heavy. It was hard. And I want to tell you, when the devil looks at our young people and says, you can't make it through the hard times, God has given us gray-headed people that can stand up and say, he's the one that brought me through when I didn't know how to react or what to do or where to go or what to say. God was there. And I'm telling this church tonight, that God is able to take you through whatever the situation is. You say, my, my companion passed away. I, I just lost my way. I, I don't have any direction. And I, I, I can't say that I, I, I understand because I still have a beautiful companion. But I do want to tell you this, I don't have to look too far. And I can see saints that buried their lifelong love. And ten years later, they're still on a church pew. And when you say, I need the church to stand and pray, they lift their face and they lift their voice and they lift their hands to God because God has used the flesh of mankind to be his testimony to this day and hour. You can make it. You can make it. There was a time when God appeared to Moses on the mountain. And as God conversed with Moses... The people in the valley heard the voice of God echoing through the canyons. And uh, they later said, oh, we thought that was thunder. Their interpretation of the voice of God was nothing like what God was commanding them to do. What they heard was not what God intended for them to do. So God writes it down on tablets of stone and brings it to them. You know, God no longer writes with his finger on the tablets of stone, but God chooses to write in the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. He takes out that old stony heart and he writes on fleshly hearts today with his word. God created from the beginning mighty and marvelous things. His word spoke into existence all things that appeared. It was there that the voice of God in its powerful work reached for mankind. But after the fall of man, God didn't just use a theophany or some kind of angelic being. You know, God could go to 349 
Hearken angel right there with a flaming sword for everyone who drove up and down the highway to know that this was the church to come to. But the fact is this. God's not going to do that because God is going to use your flesh that walks upright and lives right and every day has a testimony that you have pleased God. That's what he's going to use. After 400 years of silence, John the Baptist comes on the scene. He's tearing down the high places and filling in the low places. He's getting the highway ready to build. There's one who comes after me whose latchets I'm not even worthy to work. But he's going to do more than just speak to us with an audible voice from the heavens. God robed himself in flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. God used flesh to reach this world. Came and offered himself. Now I, I like this. The old scripture said that he, from the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world, God had a plan for a lamb to be slain. For the fall of man, man hadn't even been Built yet, man hadn't even become a living soul. And yet God, in his infinite wisdom, saw the end from the beginning and said, I'm going to have a lamb that is going to be available to reach for a lost and dying world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, he went to the most awkward places. You'd find him at leper colonies. It wasn't a pretty sight. Their faces were rotting off. Their ears would fall off. Their nose would disappear. Their eyes were eaten out of their head by that nasty, ugly, terrible disease. And the Lord is there. You know, that's very contagious. Leprosy is so contagious. They exiled those people in cities. And if you came close to the city, they had to tell you, we're unclean, we're unclean, we can't make it. But Jesus came to the leper colonies. Praise God. You may look at somebody at your work and say, they can't see what I'm saying. They can't hear what I'm saying. They, they are terrible. They're pitiful. They're nothing to look at but the only way they're ever going to find a process to come to God is when you allow your flesh to be the exact testimony they need. Praise God. God's plan could have been cherubims and seraphims. Tonight you could have heard some really good preaching. If Michael or Gabriel, Gabriel the preacher, the announcer, the one that always brought the news first, he came and stood at this podium and 
hovered in the air and, and spoke those words. Uh, you say, well, I would believe that, but it's hard to believe an old fat guy up there sweating, hollering, and screaming that by the foolishness of preaching, he's going to gain some things. How does that happen? Because God's plan for mankind is for men to find God and to share that experience with someone else. How are the mighty fallen? You've seen great men tumble, crash to the ground, timber. On the way down, they crushed everything in their path. People said, oh my goodness, they've done wrong. They've committed sin. They've committed trespass. They've committed iniquity. How did, how did they have that wonderful, wonderful testimony? You know, we didn't recognize that testimony until they had fallen. Either to death or to the pain of sin. We, we just never recognized what they meant to us or how they responded. I'm just telling somebody tonight, you need to listen to what I got to say. Young people, you need to get right with God. You need to walk right with God. You don't need to pad your time card at work. You don't need to cuss and tell all of those things that go on in the world. You don't need to drink. You don't need to live like the world. If you're ever going to win the world, it's going to be because you walk up right before the Lord in your flesh. Amen. Why don't we just wait on the Lord for a moment right now? The presence of the Lord is here. Amen. How about some music coming to this platform? I just want to take some time right here. I think when the devil told you the lie that you couldn't make it and you fell and God made provisions for you to be restored and come back to the presence of the Lord, I think God was trying to tell us something. You need to come to God today. You need to quit patty caking with Jesus. You need to quit part-time and in and out and living on the, the fence row and living for God part of the time and living for you need to get right with God and bear the responsibility and the burden that God would like to hang on you and make happen because God uses your flesh. Would you stand with me right now? We're going to lift our hearts and our voices to the Lord. These altars are open if you feel that urging, if you feel that longing, if you feel that desire. I want you to come to this altar right now. I want you to walk up. I want you to make a new commitment. I'm telling you, God needs you. In this last hour, God needs a church. that can reach for a lost world. God needs a church that'll seek after Him. Praise God. Would you just open your heart for a minute right now? Would you open your heart to the Word of the Lord right now? Would you let the meditation of this Word sink deep into your spirit? Let it get in the moral fiber of who you really are.
Would you lift your hands to the Lord? Would you lift your face to Him? Father, I want to make more of a commitment than I have in the past. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Father, we trust you and we believe.
Amen. Why don't we lift our hands to heaven? And why don't we offer ourselves to him and to his presence right now? Lord Jesus, we want to be your hand that reaches out and touches this world. God, we want to give ourselves to your work and your kingdom. Now, why don't you take that hand and lay it on somebody close to you and just begin to pray for him and ask the presence of the Lord, the goodness of God, to be with your brothers and sisters, that God would encourage and strengthen and help. Oh, thank you, Jesus, God. This church wants to serve you, wants to work for you. Want to be your testimony in our community, Lord. In the name of Jesus, God, bless my brothers and sisters this week. I pray, God, as we pause to give you thanks that you would just pour out your blessings on them, oh God. I pray your power and goodness on them. Touch our young people with the great Holy Ghost outpouring at youth convention, oh God. Take them to another level in worship and in dedication and service and work for you. God, in the name of Jesus, now give the Lord a great hand clap of praise and lift your voice with that hand clap. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Brother Mike and Sister Joyce. Thank you, Brother and Sister Contrera, for being here. Thank you, Brother and Sister Bingham. Thank you, Brother and Sister Cervantes and your family and all of our guests. Can you give them all a good hand? Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.